Hey everyone, welcome into this episode of the Art Wonk Podcast. This is episode 42. I'm your host Neville Parker, and today I'm going to be playing you an interview from the collaboration event in 2021 north of Auckland, New Zealand, where I got to talk with Trish Clark. Now Trish is a really quite amazing character to talk with. Trish is a very skilled designer and sculptor and metal worker, but she's also one of our collaboration committee members and she gave us a, a really valuable section of time to sit down and just have a bit of a catch up about what is collaboration for Trish. And, you know, I work with Trish in the metal area and really enjoy her approach. She's a very positive, uplifting type of person. I think the metal tent and the blacksmithing type of areas can often be quite testosterone enriched and I'm under no illusions that it's a much easier journey for me through those spaces than it is for a lot of the women who come and collab with us. And that's something that I'm conscious of and I'm always working to try and alleviate. And I've been lucky enough to get to work with some of the most amazing blacksmiths and metal workers who are women and who have taught me so much. And I'm not surprised by that. Skill doesn't know gender and talent doesn't know gender. But I think it's worth acknowledging that this is a world that's not an easy one at times for a woman to navigate. And Trish has a wonderful charm, great intellect and knows her stuff well enough that she works her way through it all. And I think sometimes in the interview she kind of downplayed her skill. Uh, and that's understandable. None of us really are encouraged to boast. But I want you to understand this is a woman who has incredible talents. I note that she's just received international acclaim for a big sculptural piece that her and a group of others did in Whangarei recently. Uh, there was a social media post only a couple of weeks ago where she pointed out she had five different show openings in that one week all around the country. She's a very skilled, very busy lady, so getting her time was a bit of a coup. And I want to thank the committee for what they do and putting on a collaboration. It takes more than two years. It's multiple years of, of accumulated effort that builds up. And she explains a little bit as to how they process that, what's involved. And, you know, the time that she took to talk to me, there was a line of people waiting to ask questions and, and had issues that they wanted addressed. Uh, and I really, really appreciate that she took that time out to give us these insights. So thank you, Trish. Uh, and I hope you guys all enjoy this as much as I did. I especially like the fact that you get to hear how she thinks about problems and how she thinks about uh, the, the whole process of what a collaboration might look like. I started to understand as I spoke with her how, as a committee member, you can't drive these events. You can only facilitate the opportunities and then get the heck out of the way. Anyway, she'll explain all that. So thank you, Trish, for your time. And thank you, everyone, who waited for her while I talked with her. And I promise you we will do a follow-up interview with Trish very soon, just talking about some of the projects she's got on the go because I think we didn't get enough time in this little interview to really talk about her work outside of Collab. So this is Trish Clark. Hello, everyone. Hey, welcome into this episode Today we're talking with Trish. Trish, what's your full name, Trish? Uh, Trish Clark. And what is medium of choice? Oh, I've been working in metal sculpture. Metal is uh, that's your passion? Um, 
yeah, yeah, I've, I've found I, I wanted to be a ceramicist, but then I saw how hard it was, so <laughs> I can hide a lot of mistakes in metal. <laughs> I've never heard metal being called easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, you know, I just like you can work quite quickly with metal. It's wonderfully malleable and you can yep. do so many things with it. So in connection to Collab, what is, is it metal that you're drawn here to do or do you expand beyond that? I often stay a lot in the metal temp, but I do expand. You do kind of stick in one area because it's kind of your passion and you start these, well, I start these big projects and then it's like, oh, I'm sort of madly trying to finish them and working on other people who want elements of metal and that always takes a lot longer than you think. Every job yeah. takes. And we're so enthusiastic, we yeah, had yeah. no trouble and then later it's like, how the hell am I going to get that one done? Absolutely. So you, how long have you been doing collab? Well, the, my first one was 2009, so... Yeah, it's getting, getting on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. That, so we've clocked over the 10-year mark. Absolutely. And what brings you back? What What is it about this place or this event or these people or, yeah, what? Oh, it's it's just the family, the, the, the collab whānau and um, just the skills that you learn. Well, we have a lot of fun. There's, you know, there's a lot of belly laughs, there's falling over, crying, laughing. You know, and there's other moments as well like that, that are quite deep because art making is a process like that. You um, you do um, go into the depths of, of, of you know, your soul or, or somebody else's. Um, yeah, when you when you think about, you know, the, some of the meanings behind the work. So, and, and that connects you to people as well if you're working with somebody in, on a piece. I notice in the north more than in a lot of New Zealand the connection to... Maori culture and the land, you know, there's a lot of referencing by people for this place. It's a magical place. Um, Manaya is a, a sort of looming above us is gorgeous. So uh, does that affect you in terms of living here? Are you conscious of how that affects the engagement or is it different? Uh, well, no, I just I think it's just the beauty of collaboration and, you know, the tangata whenua, everybody that lives here. Um there, there is a lot more uh, Maori population in Northland, mm-hmm. and so that's why we en- engage and enjoy it, and and it's just part of our life. So a lot of our Maori friends um, have a long history of art making, and we bring that into the the stories and you know the legends. And it's fantastic. And you just learn so much. That's the thing about this. You learn even when you're not aware of learning. You just walk off with something. Our protocol, first day in the food hall this time, we had explained you know, about leaving a hat on the table and that that really wasn't a good thing to do. You weren't preached at, but it was encouraged not to do that. Uh, and I'd never thought about it. And I wondered, geez, how often do I take my hat off and dump it down beside me? So that's a piece I'll take away as being a way of being respectful. So, you know, that that's colour of the place. What type of work would you find yourself drawn to do here that you wouldn't do normally? Um, a little bit more technically challenged pieces because um, I'm, well, I, I did go to art school, but I'm kind of self-taught in the metal area. So I have no engineering background, so it's just scrounging around ideas of how to do the, the technical aspects of working with metal. So, you know, how do you do that? Or you stand by, oh, what are you doing there? You know, oh, let me have a go. So, and everyone is so sharing of their knowledge and and it's often people will say, rather than, oh, yeah, this is how you do it, I'll do it for you, 
oh, this is how you do it. This is the process. Go away and finish it. So, and that's where you learn from. Yeah, yeah. I think it's most the, of us who experience will learn is because we're hands-on people. That's right. Yeah. So when it comes to the, the actual running of the place, you're, you're quite heavily involved in that because you've been, how long have you been on the committee for? Oh, probably for the last five events. Yeah, that's yeah. a massive effort. I mean, those of us who, who come and just immerse ourselves, we're, we're aware of how much work, but I don't think we're really aware of how much work. How, how long ago did you start getting ready for this one? Two years ago, so immediately <laughs> after the last one. So, yeah, after the auction, it's like, okay, we've got to book the site, we've got to book the tents, we've got to book the Forum North, make sure all the um, stars align. And then it's, you know... Massive. It's funding applications. You've got to do the reporting for all the funds we've got. We've got to, you know, thanking the sponsors. It's, it's, yep. it's a long list of, you know, post-collab, you know, you've got to wind things up, and then um, you just start planning the next one. And one of the things that I kind of liken it to is if you're getting ready for a gallery show, as most artists will understand, we're focused on the date of the show, but we do all the work of our creating leading up to it. So the day of the show, you, you can't do anything more. That opening is an opening. It's a celebration of the work. And then you get that sort of that flat. It hits. It's just, you know, that downtime where you've now got to find new purpose. You guys, however, are actually doing all of the build-up and then you have to create. So instead of being able to, you know, that opening day when everyone starts showing up and signing in, for us that's the beginning, but for you it's kind of the end. How do you transition from all of that in your head and technical stuff to, to come and play and have energy? Because, geez, you guys must be knackered. Yeah, I've had a few sleepless nights in the, the lead up to the event. And then, um, but once you're here, like you say, you can't do anything more. You know, there, oh, there's a few phone calls and there's a few admin stuff, but you're here now and it's, it's like this weight's been lifted and, and you just, everyone's asked, where's this? You know, have you got this? And you're like, oh, no, just make do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing it what yeah. happens. And that's where a lot of creativity happens because. You know, someone will say, oh, I need a little piece of copper. I was like, oh, well, it's all been used. Um, they'll cut down a, a piece of tube and use that or, you know, they'll, or they'll find another material. And that's actually part of the process because we get so used to working in our own materials or using our own resources and it's easy, but this way you're using other materials you, didn't, you wouldn't think just to, to make do, and it actually can be way more successful. And well, that's what pushes you past what you normally do and absolutely. into something different. Yeah. yeah. So we've got people listening, I'm sure, who are thinking this is something that I really want to explore more about. What type of guidance would you give somebody in terms of, well, for a start, your first collab, how did you get started with a piece of artwork? Did you just get pushed into the deep end? What was your introduction to the making process? Gosh, it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Dredge the memory. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what I kind of made. I was drawn into the the metal and I, I think Miranda was here and Lindsay. So, and Lindsay was in the metal tent, Miranda being an, uh, a school, you know, both skilled artisans, metallic Mandy. Yes. So I was drawn to her, like another woman working in in a, you know, a, 
macho (laughs) metal tent. There have been years where it's been so full of testosterone you've needed the blowtorch just to get through (laughs) the year. So So I think she helped ease into things. Um, And because uh, once halfway through the event, people are kind of thinking, oh, I've got to get this work done. So you have your little bit of a... um, you know, your blinkers on because you've got to finish this particular piece and it is hard to sort of interrupt people sometimes. But but generally on the whole, and that's when you talk to people at lunchtime and, and morning tea and in the afternoon rather than, you know, full throttle when they're welding. Yeah, that's how you, you start a piece. You see, uh, generally I work on, I look at the resources and I find something that, oh, I could make something out of that and then I take that piece away and, figure it out. I'm constantly amazed and and actually a bit intimidated by some people's vision to be able to see something beyond what's there. And there's somebody the other day carrying around a beautiful cast urn and it was a beautiful thing, but all I could see was the urn because it was so well presented. I can't wait to see what that will turn into because my vision stopped there. Yes. Um, Give me a blank piece of steel and I can see 100 potentials, but give me a metal box and I'm working with a box. So do you have a skill in that sense of being able to see opportunity in in the things around you? Is it something you've evolved or it just... Yeah, it just shape, form. And funny about that urn because I have made a piece pieces to go in it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've made some um, flowers, stems and copper. uh, and, And they're big too, aren't they? Uh, well, oversized compared to an average flower. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so no, that's going to be exciting. So so that was, you know, took a lot longer than I thought, but that was fun, yeah. <laughs> Everything takes longer. Yeah. But we do have collab time, which is really where you just lose track and you, you're there. What would be the one tool if I was going to let you walk off with something from here that you don't have at home that you could just take home for free and not have to worry about? What would be the thing you'd walk away from collab with? Not that I've used it yet, but I've been eyeing up your ear grinders. Uh, your oh, the little die grinders? Yeah. We'll, we'll get them going today because I've got things I want to try them on. Now we've got a good compressor running. We'll, yep. we'll see. And I've seen seen what you can create with those. So it's like, okay, yeah. next. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing. Sometimes those tools that sit in the peripheries, when you do see them mm. working, it's like that will make my life so much easier. Or the big power hammer's got me excited. I was just like, wow, the things you could forge with that. Yeah. But how to fit that into the corner of my my little studio? No, I, I, well, that's a bit more noisy. That's that that <laughs> machine has probably a bit more testosterone than the whole tent. I, I don't like to think I'm one of those boys, but I think I'm one of those boys. Yes, oh, grunt, grunt, grunt. <laughs> Oh, terrific. Was there anything you want to give anyone as a parting message? Anything you want to say to the folks out there? Um, just, yeah, if, if you do have the opportunity to come, it, it is life-changing, personally and professionally. Once you see what people are doing and, you know, the, the professional advice behind it as well, like how to run an art business, seeing that people can make a living out of their art. A lot of us aren't. We have other part-time jobs as well, but because I get a bit lonely in my studio, I need something else. But it's there if you you can make, you know, some reasonable money as an artist. People think that you're a poor artist, but you work smart. It's a great profession. And this is professional development and on a huge scale because we can go pretty much anywhere in the world and have a 
bed to say it, you know, ring somebody up or Zoom. I like the fact that not only do you get a bed, but very often you get taken to somebody's studio and you can make wherever you happen to be so you can really explore what you're responding to at the time. Yeah. Hey, look, thank you very much for that. I know you're going to get going because we've got a busy day ahead. Thanks, Neville. Yes, we've got to get that die grinder oh, yeah, out. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Trish. Thanks. Well, there you have it. It was not one of our longest interviews, but as I explained at the beginning, we had a whole pile of people waiting for Trisha's attention, and I felt really chuffed that we got the time we did. So I want to say a big thank you to Trish and to all the people who have taken their time to talk to us through this process. You know, what we're trying to do here is, is show you different ways that collaboration can add value to your professional world, your creative world, and just to you. I mean, it really is a wonderful way of making friends. And any time you get the opportunity to work alongside other creatives, no matter what your journey is, whether you're fine art, craft, or hobbyist, please take that time. It really will enrich you and give you totally new insights into yourself, let alone the world around you. Uh, So as always at the end, I just want to thank you for listening and encourage you, please share the Art Wonk with as many people as you can. Tell them about it. Like us on social media. Give us a ranking or a rating on whatever way you found us uh, because it really is helpful and it will help grow this whole process. And there's a whole pile more interviews to come, so keep following us. Take care, everyone. Happy creating.